You're listening to episode 27 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. To embody confidence means to embody power. Owning your confidence can be quite a struggle for some, and that's why I've brought in TEDx speaker, personal brand photographer, and confidence catalyst, Sandy Grigsby. Before I introduce you to Sandy, we'll go over the review of the week, but first, I wanted to let you know of a new free resource that I've made available on my website. You've likely heard myself and many other guests mention that they journal. Journaling is part of my daily routine, but when I first started, I wasn't sure what to write about or even how to use my journal to tap into my subconscious. I believe journaling is a powerful tool to aid in healing, self-awareness, goal setting, and beyond. If you'd like to begin journaling or if you're someone who's been journaling for a while and you need some new exercises, you need this new freebie. I've compiled 44 ready-to-use journal prompts to help you begin or expand your journaling practice. You can score this free download by going to my personal website, laurensmithbiz.com, then click on the freebies tab. There's also some other great free resources that you might want to scoop up while you're there. This week's review of the week is actually from last week's guest, Jake Woodard. Jake wrote, Lauren is an amazing person and offers a lot of value to her listeners. I loved having Jake on as a guest, and from your feedback, you did too. Thanks, Jake, for not only taking the time to be a guest, but to also leave such a kind review. Don't forget, if you leave a review anytime during the month of February, you'll be entered to win a copy of my book, Mind Love, Bite-Sized Thought Nuggets to Fuel Your Life. Simply submit a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes to be automatically entered, And if you leave a review on another platform like Google Play Music, Stitcher, Podbean, or similar, screenshot your review and either message it to me on Instagram or email it to me at hello at laurensmithbiz.com. Okay, are you ready to meet Sandy? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith. Welcome back to another episode. This week, I am joined by Sandy Grigsby. Sandy is the founder of Brio 5 LLC, a leading brand photography studio focused on personal branding and self-empowerment. Sandy loves to guide people on discovering their power, owning their confidence, and making a difference in how they show up for and impact the world. Sandy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. Well, you are a phenomenal photographer, and I'm really curious to know what led you into photography. Will you share a little bit more of your journey? Yes, of course. Wow. What led me into photography? That's a question. <laughs> Loaded question. <laughs> yeah. It actually kind of happened by default. Mm. I, I have a degree as a graphic designer. So it's a visual communications degree. So okay. I wanted to be a graphic designer. That was my thing. Yeah. And I studied that for years. I did that for almost 15 years, just wow. graphic design and web design. And because I was working on websites, I was getting these, I was creating this beautiful website and then getting these terrible images. Mm. And then it was making my work look bad. So I would tell the client, you know, we need to have you redo your pictures or get new photographs of your products, whatever it was. And then they were bringing back subpar photographs. So I started photographing their products 
And then eventually I started photographing them. And then I liked photographing them more than their products. And <laughs> it just evolved into full-time photography. But ultimately it had, oh, sorry, I have a Yorkie. She likes to bark every now and then randomly <laughs> out of the book. Ultimately, I had, I started photography just because I just really liked it. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of a default thing. So. Yeah. And it sounds like you've always had an, an eye for design too. So I'm sure that comes into play a lot. Yeah. As a little girl, I was that one who was doodling in class instead of paying attention. Oh, that's that my me. oldest daughter. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, then she's going to be an amazing artist yeah. when she's married. That's, yeah, <laughs> she wants to be an artist. Yeah, that's exactly what she wants to do. She's always drawing. So I know for me personally, self-compassion is a big theme this year. And I imagine that it comes up a lot in sessions with people being extremely critical of themselves. So how do you handle that? Yeah, that's that's a big one. You, do you mean how do I handle it with my clients or yeah. how do I handle it for myself? Well, I think, <laughs> I think that could go both ways. You know, so let's go clients first, but maybe we could take it inward a little bit. Yeah, most of the time I find clients are very critical of themselves. But when I start to dig deeper, I find that it's past stories that they have beliefs based off of. So mm. someone, most often it's a parent, not that they meant to do harm, it just happened told them that they weren't pretty enough or they weren't smart enough or they were too fat or they just weren't good enough. Mm. And so it has carried on. It's not always a parent. It's also sometimes a partner. So relationships, a spouse, a boyfriend, a husband, because it happens with men as well, has told them that they're just not good enough in some way, shape or form. And then they harbor that and they hold on to that and they live as if that is real. But what they're overlooking is it's someone else's opinion of them. And a lot of times someone else's opinion of you is skewed based off of what happened to them in their lives. Right. So I have them reset how they look at themselves and it tends to help. But if it's really, really deep headed, then there's some deeper work that they have to do for themselves. Yeah. So how did you kind of dive into changing their mindset? I assume that that had to change with changing your own mindset is oh absolutely digging in the right hole (laughs) oh my gosh so yeah I mean everything I tell my clients to think about do feel I tell them based off of myself having done it so I'm never going to say to you hey Lauren you know you really need to start accepting yourself because it's something I read in a book or something I think you should do right I will tell you that because I've actually had to do it for myself Mm. so with my clients If I have a client and she's obsessed with the way that she looks, right? Or actually one of the big ones is weight for my clients. They're obsessed about their weight. They they push off photo sessions because they say, well, I want to lose another five pounds. I want to lose another 10 pounds. I want to lose another 20 pounds. And finally I had to put my foot down because I've had people just push out photo sessions years into the future because of their obsession with their weight. And the weight doesn't ever change. So I'm telling them, you have two options. You either make a choice and commit to losing the weight Or you make a choice and accept yourself for how you are and love yourself for how you are. Mm. And what I'll do is I will walk my clients through the process. So if they say, okay, well, I do want to lose some weight before this photo session, I have them focus not on the weight because that will get them hung up. They'll feel bad about themselves if they don't lose the weight after two, three, four months. Instead, I say, okay, don't focus on the weight. Focus on how you're feeling. So start Mm. as a marker. So in the first, I'm going to work out, I'm going to eat right if you don't lose any weight, but you feel incredible, focus on that. Yeah. Because 
the end result is when you're in your photo photo session, how you feel is going to show more than how you look. Because we can always tweak, I'm doing little air quotes, right? Tweak the way you look (laughs) by having you the right way, the right camera angles, the right lighting, even some post work. I don't like to squeeze my clients too much, but sometimes I'll squeeze some little things that I think aren't really noticeable to the naked eye. Right. But overall, we can tweak the way you look, but we can't tweak the way you're feeling and how you're feeling really just shows up in your eyes, your expression, your smile, your movement. So we need you to feel amazing. And that won't happen if you're obsessed about your weight. Mm. That's true. That's really, it is a feeling. You do. You show up with that feeling of confidence. Yeah. I mean, you see women who are incredibly curvy. Yeah. And you look at their pictures and you're like, gosh, she looks radiant. She looks so amazing. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. All and the time. You, yeah. Right. And then you see women who are incredibly thin and you're like, ooh, she looks miserable. Yeah. You just, right? it's so all like the joy has like been like sucked out. Yes. Yeah. We just obsess with look because mm. that's what culture has told us to do. Oh, and I can tell you right now, culture is wrong. And if you don't agree with me, if anyone's listening, they're like, what is she talking about culture? Culture is wrong because it's built off of a hierarchy of past history meant to control and influence people in certain ways. And we've just built off of it and built off of it and built off of it. And it needs to change. There are dynamics in culture that need to change and they're not doing that. So I focus on not worrying about what culture says. Even with wardrobe, I say to my clients, don't follow trends. Yeah, trends look great and all, but your pictures will look dated. So let's keep your outfits based off of what really looks good on you and what feels good. And that's going to be timeless. Oh, so yes. forget what culture says. Yeah. Because like I said, a lot of times culture is wrong. Because oh, according I've... to culture, women should be wearing stilettos and be quiet and sit down and do what one says and men should make more money and men should be the boss. Culture is wrong in so many ways. Yeah. So let's do what feels right. I've totally, I've had a session where I wore something in my mind was like, oh, this is how I, how I want to project. Actually, it wasn't even how I want to. This is how I should project myself, right? And having this like picture in my mind and then it wasn't even like true to myself. Like most of the time I'm in flip-flops and shorts and, mm-hmm. you know, and then to like see me in like, you know, a, a skirt and heels, it just, it didn't even feel like me. I couldn't even look at that picture and be like, oh, that's, that's me. It's not me because I, my it's wardrobe, right. It was not me on any level. And, and you know what? It wasn't authentic. And when you see the picture, you don't connect with it. So what is that? Your audience. Right. Exactly. Yeah, like how I tell my clients, be authentic if you're not even showing up authentically in your photos. Yeah, exactly. It's like I tell my clients who want to wear Prada and Gucci and Versace and all the designer labels. I said, do you own those labels and do you wear those on your everyday? And they're like, well, no, but I think it'll look great in this picture. I'm like, okay, so that's not authentic because when you show up to a meeting or to make a sale or you know whatever it is, you show up to coach someone or whatever it is you're doing, and you don't match that. It's going to look like someone else. People aren't going to connect with you. You're also going to turn off an audience that would connect to your flip-flops and your sandals and your (laughs) your baggy pants and your tank tops. Your leggings and and your, yeah, and your tank tops. Yeah, I could totally. And then, and then I have seen people who do that, right? Who go the relaxed way. And I see those pictures and you're like, dang, that's more like me. And then you just, you feel that you're like, dang, I look like a fraud in that, you know? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, I feel like everyone's trying to fake it. They keep hearing fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it, right? There's so many gurus out there right. say that. So many people say that. It's just the faking it, it's just not making it. And it's not making it in your heart. Yeah. If you look at my Instagram feed, all of the stuff that I have in there is simple, basic, everyday wear that I feel comfortable in. Oh, hold on. The Yorkie wants to say hi. Come here. <laughs> anyway, she's like, never mind. She's like, feed never me. Mind. It's that time. Uh, I did feed you. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. So I just, I try to wear things that I would actually wear. So I go out in public and meet people and they see me, they go, oh my gosh, you're just like your pictures. Right. And I'm so happy to say that I get that so often. Like you dress just like your pictures. You're branded just like your pictures. Oh my gosh. I recognized you immediately. And that's what I want. Yeah. That, do you think that this has almost caused like the um, filter culture of like Snapchat and Instagram? Do you think that that has, I don't know, like maybe had people build a sense of confidence, but also in person? Like I've seen so many people who I look at them and then I see them in real life and I'm like, oh, it doesn't look anything like you. And it's just the, the amount of filters that are put on a photo, you know? Do oh, yeah. You, that's terrible. Like, yeah. It's terrible. They, it's, I, it's funny. I see these influencers. Their pictures are beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, oh, I love the way she did this toning on this image, but I don't actually know what she looks like. Yeah. And I have actually come across influencers in person because of all of the events I attend. I have had no idea who they were. And then I go to their Instagram. I'm staring at it forever going, that's her. Yeah. Wow. Like, it looks nothing like her. Yeah. And the funny part is I came across this one person and I ran into her and I was like, Oh my gosh. Hi. I didn't, I knew her personally. And I know she's an influencer. I'm like, hi. And she's like, she's wearing a baseball cap. She's dressed totally down. I'm like, what, what's going on? She's like, I don't want anyone to recognize me. (gasps) And I looked at her and I went, nobody's going to recognize you. I barely recognize you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is not normal. Yeah. Mission complete. Have tons of filters on you. You don't, you don't look like your pictures. Like mission, mission complete girl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You win. (laughs) Wow. Wow. And maybe that's the case, right? They they don't want to be recognized. Yeah. I think for, if you're doing anything where you need to promote yourself to get clients, to get business, if you're a coach, if you're an author, a, a motivational speaker, you're selling products, whatever you're doing to promote yourself, be recognizable be personable and be you. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Well, I think being you is sometimes so hard for people because of that confidence factor, right? So for, I assume that it's an ongoing process. How do you like really help someone build that confidence back up? Well, confidence is actually based solely on repetition. Mm. So you can't have confidence doing something if you haven't done it before. Hmm. Unless you have confidence in doing things for the first time all the time, because that's something you do all the time. But then again, there's the, right? Yeah. So if you're an adventurer and you're super confident, skydiving, bungee jumping, flying from country to country, walking up to strange people, it's probably because that's something you do all of the time. Right. You don't just step into being an adventurer. Like I'm an adventurer today. I'm going to go confidently into the world and do all these amazing things. You grow into that. Just like if you're a photographer, so I can tell you when I first started doing photography, I did it for myself. I photographed and my dad had passed away and in memory of him, cause he had a whole bunch of dogs. I started photographing the family pets and I only did it once a year. And then <laughs> it was like our annual Christmas yeah, card, right? I got it. And, and then as my business started to change, I needed to photograph product. I just photographing it here and there a little bit for my website, this and that. 
And it just started to build. And then I got really comfortable doing product and I got comfortable doing food. And then I got comfortable photographing people. And then I got really comfortable doing personal branding portraits, but it was because I was doing so much of it. So now I'm super confident doing what I do. But if I have to try photographing something different, like a different photography style using lights that I would never use, I'm so like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? There's no confidence there. I have to call upon the confidence that I had built up over the years from other things. But that doesn't mean I'm confident going into whatever I'm going to do because I've never done it before, which is normal. You're back in the the novice phase. I love that. Exactly. Exactly. Easy way of, of thinking about it. Yeah. Think, think about like, for example, how long have you been podcasting? Oh, since let's see, August of last year. Okay. So August of last year. So now you feel confident getting on a call with someone and saying, okay, let's do this recording, right? Yep. But how did you slow down that first time? Oh man. If I could go back. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't, I was semi-confident because I had known the person. And this is where I don't think a lot of people understand. Like for you, for instance, this is our first time talking. Um, So that in itself is building up a confidence. My first time speaking to someone I had never met before that I was like, I mean, I stood up and I was like a ball of sweat after the call. Like I was yep. just so nervous. And then like now today, you know, like we'll be done our call. I'll send you what I need to send you. And I'm going to go grab some dinner and call it a night. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It just is. See, that's how it works. So you just yeah. have to build up upon it. But what I feel more than confidence that people need, because like I said, confidence is just practice, right? Right. Is self-acceptance. And I used to say self-love, but I actually have switched it now to simply liking yourself. Yeah. And I actually started a new movement called the I Like Me movement. So hashtag I Like Me movement and hashtag I Like Me because I want people to truly like themselves. Because if you like yourself, you don't have that many obstacles in the world. Mm. So think of it like this. You were to walk down the street, Lauren, and you were to come up to a person and you didn't know it was you. It's you. You walked up to yourself and you started having a conversation. You talked about the things that you love doing, like your podcast and everything else you have going on. At the end of that conversation, would you like you? Oh, dang. What a deep... That is a good question. I would like me, I think. I'm, I'm like, I would like me. Yeah, right? that's a really good question. To just- now think of all of the people that you've really like, right? Yeah. Doesn't it, like when you think of, like I think of my friend Ava. I like Ava. Actually, I like her so much now that I love her. But when right. I first met her, I really liked her. And mm-hmm. I got excited when I thought about talking to her. And I got excited about our conversation. I was, She'd be so much fun to hang out with. And you know that feeling, that warm, fuzzy feeling you get? You kind of sits in the middle of your chest. Yeah. Well, really? don't you get that when you think of liking yourself? Yeah. I've met, that's like the first step. Like you, you can't love yourself until you like yourself first. Exactly. Yeah. Because I've love is it. something that's very difficult for people who have never experienced true love. love. Right. Because we attack, we fling the word around love so much. I love this cheeseburger. I don't eat cheeseburgers, but if I did, I love this. <laughs> I love my dog. I love Los Angeles. I love, like we say love so much. We say it carelessly now. Mm. You know, when we just get off calls with friends that are actually more acquaintances, we're like, okay, love you, love you too. Like we just throw yeah. it around. Like mm. you too, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like like holds more true meaning than love. 
And like I said, people don't even fully grasp love. A mother can love her child, yes, but not everyone is a mother. People could say, I love my boyfriend. And then what happens when you break up? You don't love him so much anymore. So then you start to question if you ever loved him in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. So let's start with the simplicity of like. And if you can like yourself, how much easier is everything? All of your decisions are so much easier based off of like. Mm. Am I going to do this thing? Do I like myself enough to put myself through that torture? Yeah, I do. I would never put myself through the torture. The yeah. answer is no. no. <laughs> Am I going to eat that cheeseburger? Here we go, which I don't eat cheeseburgers. Um, that would probably kill my heart right now and make me feel bloated and disgusting. So mm, I like myself too much to do that. Yeah. No, like yeah. how much easier are you? And it's a lot easier to, to identify when you do like yourself and when you don't like yourself. There's been many times yeah. in my life where I... I've just felt like, what, what am I doing right now? I don't even like the person I am. And that yes. is like a really indi- a big indicator, like red lights going. But I don't ever thought I don't love myself right now. Yes. But there's been plenty of times I just didn't like myself. And if you didn't like yourself, then you know now this is the time for a course correction. So I don't like, so for example... And and liking yourself, you know, it has waves. You can always correct what you're doing. Right. But that all falls into self-acceptance, right? Yeah. So for me, for example, a while ago, I was gossiping. And I really don't like gossip. I tell all of my clients and my friends, okay, you're gossiping right now. Let's not do that. But I have hit a level of an awareness that I can catch myself when I'm doing it. So Mm. I was with my girlfriend. We were gossiping. And I stopped myself and I go, wait, I'm not going to talk about this anymore because I just caught gossiping and I don't like myself when I gossip. So I'm not going to discuss this anymore. And she actually said to me about maybe an hour later, she said, you know what? I want to thank you for correcting or gossiping. She goes, I didn't know you that well before because I know her from a group. She goes, but now I have so much more respect for you for saying it, pointing it out and changing it. Yeah. Because if you hadn't done that, yeah. She said, if you hadn't have done that, I would have thought, oh, she's just a gossip. But the fact that you did that brought you to another level. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you for telling me that because I try catching myself when I do that. Right. Gossip gossip is horrible. It's it's infectious. People thrive on it. Mm -hmm. I think it creates bad role models. Why? We shouldn't gossip. We have no reason to judge. And that's all gossiping is, is judging. Yeah. I... A few years ago, I was at the Bali Spirit Festival, and the, who I was listening to is totally slipping my mind right now, and I kind of feel like a jerk, but um, <laughs> I was in this workshop, and we were listening, and the, and the woman that was speaking was saying that she stopped buying tabloid magazines, and yes. and I was like, you know what? That's just like a really easy shift to get rid of like these negative things, and I was like, why am I really reading them? You know, like what, yes. what do I really get out of it? I don't really get anything. Gossip. Yeah. It's mind numbing. Like it's just stored information I don't even need in my brain. So I started with that. Right. I would, people would like, you know, send me like a subscription for something and it would go from my mailbox to my trash or, you know, just, it wouldn't even sit on my kitchen table. And then it got to the point where I started unfollowing. I was, you know, decluttering my Twitter, decluttering my Instagram and just unfollowing people. I was like, I don't, I don't like that. I don't want that to be, I feel we, we have things that we can control. I can control who I follow on Instagram, right? Yes. Like if I don't like something that is being seen, the unfollow button is really powerful. I think some people forget that. (laughs) They do forget that. 
and they just succumb to it so easily into the drama and feed into it. But I would just rather get rid of it. I don't, I don't have the time or energy. Bigger, even bigger than your Instagram following. What about your friends? Yes. People feel so attached to their friends. Like they have to stay in that friendship or even familial, right? They feel like they have to stay in relationships with family members who are toxic, Mm -hmm. negative, gossipy, whatever it is, and they feel committed to it, but really you don't. So for me, I've slowly been purging all of my friends, even family members who are toxic. That doesn't mean I'm never going to see them again. It doesn't mean I don't still care about them. It just means I remove them from my day-to-day equation. Yeah. And, you and when you that. start doing that, oh yes, it's gosh. so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and then like, you don't even own their energy then. Like exactly. Yeah. You don't own it. That's not on you, how they're treating you, how they are as a person. It's like, I've removed myself from that. I have no parts of it. Literally. Exactly. I I had a friend once that was always a negative Nelly. She complained Mm -hmm. about everything. She complained about her job. She complained about her family. She complained about her friends. She complained about her dog. She complained about everything. Every time I got on a call with her, I had to hear all of her negative complaints. And finally, I said to her, I said, you know, you always complain about things. And unless you want to shift that, I, I can't speak with you anymore. Mm. And I didn't, I stopped speaking with her for almost a year. Yeah. A year later, she came back and said, thank you because you did that. It reset me and how I think oh, and wow. the things that I say. And she got a better job. Her life was happier. She shifted so much stuff because I separated my, I distanced, I distanced myself from her. Right. And it helped me because when I was around that, I was feeling down. I would get off the call with her and be like, Ugh. I feel run down. Like I need to take a nap or something. Yeah. Like like just drained your energy straight. Yes. I've totally been there. Totally been there. You do just have to like cut them off too. I, I, this is something I've recently have implemented. And when I'm saying recent, I'm saying within the past three weeks, but I heard someone say that they ask before they vent to someone, they ask if they have the mental space for it first. And I was like, Ooh, you know, like, like yeah. So I tried it the other day. I was just having last week, I was just having a day, right? Like where you just kind of like vent to one of your girlfriends, like you've let it all pile up. So I sent my friend a text and I was like, I'm having a day. Do you have the mental space for me to vent right now? And she was like, yes, girl, go. And like, that made me feel so much better about just, just voicing what I had to voice and just getting it off my chest and knowing one, that it was okay to do it. I wasn't clogging up her energy, but two, that she was actually right there and like ready to receive whatever I was about to unload. So exactly. And, and that's I beautiful. Felt, you did that. Isn't that so cool? So I thought that was cool to share too. It's just asking someone first, if they have the mental space, because and you know, here's actually know. something I'm going to add to that from what yeah. I've learned. I, I study so much on relationships and especially with men and women, right? Yeah. So the reason you feel like you should vent. And the reason you go to someone and go, okay, I just need to get this off my chest is because we as women, it's built into our DNA to speak out. So it goes back to the caveman age, right? Where we had to hunt for berries and go through the forest and right, do the hunting and gathering thing, right? And women would be loud so that they would alert predators. Mm. It sounds really weird, but so we alert predators, right? And it gives us, a place to vent. It lets us speak our mind. It makes us feel better. There's so many DNA things related to why we do this. Yeah. But men don't do that. Right. So we as women 
should find a girlfriend that we could say, hey, do you have the mental space right now for me to just do a verbal dump on you? And if she says yes, awesome. But what we as women do is we go to our men, Mm. our boyfriends, our husbands, our family members, and we do a verbal dump on them. And the guys are like, uh... (laughs) <laughs> you're in the headlights, yeah. right? And wow. men are fixers. So men want to fix everything. But when we're doing a verbal dump on them, they're now in their heads going, okay, how do we fix this? How do we make this better? And so they're going to give us feedback that we don't want because we yeah. just want to unload. Yes. Yeah. Right? Literally just unload. I don't want you to say anything. <laughs> yes. We just want it off our chest. Yes. And once it's off, we're like, oh, I feel so good now. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. The guys are now like stunned. Oh God, how do I fix this? She's upset. And it causes relationship problems. So I'm telling any of you ladies out there, if you have to do a verbal dump, some of my friends call that verbal diarrhea. Yep. Go ahead, save it for a girlfriend, save it for your mom, save it for someone, and then ask them if it's okay. And then you'll be fine. Because once it's out, we're good. Right. Yeah, because sometimes like it's just, what she replied back to me, she was like, shit, dude, that's a lot. You know? And I was like, isn't it? (laughs) Isn't it a lot right now? You know? And that's all I really needed was just for someone to acknowledge like, Okay. Yeah, you're right. Like, this is a lot. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not, you know, like, this is a lot right now. I didn't want anyone to fix it because there wasn't anything you could really fix, right? There's only so much I could control out of the situation, which is why it was burning, you know, like. Yeah. We're protecting ourselves by getting, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Oh gosh. I love that. (laughs) I love this conversation. I could nerd out on it all day. (laughs) Okay, but I don't want to. I don't want to burn up too much of your time. So let's just go into the one last question. So yes, we have one last message to share with those listening right now, and maybe some of those who need help and letting go of some of their insecurities that hold them back from being in photos or even having their brand photos taken. So mm-hmm. if you have one message to give them right now, what would it be? You know, accept yourself. Self-acceptance is so important because if you can accept and like yourself, then what are you so worried about? Because you're awesome. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You are awesome. If you can walk up to yourself on the street and actually like who you are, what is stopping you from getting pictures taken? Because if you like yourself, it doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah. Also, you never know what could happen. You Mm. never know what could happen. I know people who have people or have been in accidents and things have changed. So if you're going to stall and not take your pictures or do what you have to do now, you might not have that opportunity in a day, in a month, in two months, in three years. It might not be there. So capture each moment and love what you're doing, like yourself, and accept that you are where you are now because you are amazing and you've gotten this far. So let's record it. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. That was amazing. I love that message. Yeah, I think that's. I used perfect. to be that girl that stalled on pictures, and there's gaps in my pictures when I look mm. back in time. I'm like, why didn't I take pictures of myself? And you know, because I'm 40, I turned 40 in August of 18, and I look at my pictures from when I was like 20, and I was like, oh, so cute, oh, yeah. I'm so cute. And then I look at pictures when I was 25, I was like, oh, I'm still cute. Yeah. Then I look at pictures when I was 30, I'm like, dang, I was hot at 30. And then I look at pictures 35, I'm like, whoa, I just got hotter. How did I get hotter than when I was 20? And yeah. I'm like looking at my pictures, I like myself, right? Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, there's a gap there. What did I look like there? Huh. It's like crickets. Yeah. And then I see my pictures now and they look so different than I looked even 10 years ago. I'm like, oh, why did I do that? I wish I had pictures to doc- document 
that part of my life. Yeah. And not like those cheese ball selfies. I mean like real pictures. Real pictures. Real pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I can also say this message applies to those who are like second children like myself, where your parents just kind of forget to keep taking pictures of you. (laughs) There's like those gap years, but I understand now I have two kids. Don't worry. First year parents still forget. I had gaps in my albums when I was a kid. My mom was like, oh, Oh, whoops. (laughs) I always give my parents, you know, crap about it. So I'm hoping my mom's listening right now because she's probably rolling her eyes at me. Hey, you know what? Our moms did the best (laughs) with what they knew at the time. They did. And they didn't have, they had, you know, they still had to get their prints out on film every time they wanted to look at them. So they, they had more excuse than what we have now with cell phones and accessibility. (laughs) Exactly. Let's just give them the, you know, my mom had to shoot with a film camera and then take it and have a process. And and, and back then they didn't have Photoshop. So my mom, there's actually a picture of us in one of the albums where my mom took a picture of me and my dad's lap. And then she, she, I guess she put the camera on a tripod. I'm not quite sure. Then she had him take a picture of her sitting in the chair next to him. And then oh she my cut gosh. it out and glued it into one Stop picture. So it. we had a baby photo. Yeah. Stop <laughs> it. That's amazing. I hope you Yeah, my mom invented that. Photoshop in the early I 80s. love that. <laughs> cut and paste at its finest. Yeah. Oh Reverse cement glue does magic. <laughs> exactly. I love that so much. Well, Sandy, thank you for showing up and sharing your story. You really have the best energy. You're trailblazing and shifting lives through courage and with courage. So I have also seen that you have a TEDx talk coming up. So I am really excited for you. And can you tell us? The title is Photographing the Invisible. Oh, oh, it's going to be actually, I just had my rehearsal the other day and they were like, the one lady said she was just on the verge of crying. She's like, I was blinking back my tears. It was so good. Oh, wow. I hope I can say that on the real TEDx. Well, I'm sure you're going to nail it. You're going to do amazing. But for those who want to follow your journey a little bit more, can you share with us your social channels and websites? Yes. So my website is sandyinfocus.com. My handles are all Sandy in Focus on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. And my for my photography, it is Brio5.com. That's B-R-I-O-F-I-V-E.com. And you can see all my work there. Oh, wonderful. I'll also link that in the episode notes. So for those of you who are driving or are distracted right now, just head over to the episode notes and I'll have them linked. Well, Sandy, I can't wait to see your TEDx talk and hopefully reconnect with you soon. Beautiful. Thanks, Lauren. Have a good one. Thanks. Isn't Sandy amazing? I have all of the links to Sandy's personal and business websites and social platforms on this week's episode notes found at mindbizlife.com. Once her TEDx talk goes live, I'll be sure to alert the audience, but if you're following her, you'll hear it there first. So many people have asked me how they can support the podcast, and really, it's simple. Share it with a friend, leave a review, and of course, keep tuning in. These are the best ways to help the show grow. I love showing up and hosting space for these conversations weekly. It's fueling me in ways I never imagined. Not to mention, this podcast is now in 30 countries. Whoa. (laughs) Never in my wildest dreams did I even think how worldly the show could become. I'm amazed, I'm humbled, and I'm grateful. I'll see you back here next week. And until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.